Before we start today's show, I just want to give a massive shout out to Acast for making this show happen. Thanks, Acast. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, and welcome to the PJ Podcast. Happy December. We are officially, well and truly, into the festive season. I don't know if it's just me that's noticing this, but this year, everyone has been so prompt with putting up their Christmas trees. I'm normally around like the 19th or 20th. I've already done it. I did it on the 4th. And I just feel like as soon as December the 1st rolled around, I looked on Instagram and it was like, bam, 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 Christmas trees up. I've come to the conclusion that it's because the last few years have been so shitty for everyone that we're all just craving a bit of joy and festivity. Embrace the Christmas, I say. Um, All right, let's get on to this week's episode. Lottie DL is my guest this week. And let's tell her story. In 2018, Lottie made the resolution to be kinder to the planet, like a lot of us have done. But she struggled to find reliable sources on the subject with easy info to follow. So instead of being disheartened, she decided to start up her own online platform called Banish with easy digestible information and methods to help reduce everyday waste. She's also done a bunch of other things, including running Brad, the Banish Recycling and Disposable Programme. Um, which has gone on to be really successful. And she's just picked up the New South Wales Young Australian of the Year Award. I love her uplifting approach to caring for the planet because I feel like there's a lot of shame and guilt often associated with the topic. And I think you'll enjoy this chat and find it quite uplifting. My chat with Lottie DL. I've made like these like little Christmas decorations. That's my afternoon is like filming those. Of course you make Christmas decorations. How many, are are you one of those people, I'm assuming, when it comes to Christmas, a lot of your gifts are made because you've always got the environment in mind? Yeah, I'm that annoying person and everyone's (laughs) like, gosh, you're just such a pain. I'm like, I know, but they're really fun. But some years they literally look terrible and everyone's like, oh, please don't do DIY again. And I'm like, no, I'm going to give it a try. And they're like, no, please don't. What what, what kind of things do you make? I made fridge magnets one year for everybody and they were like the ugliest things I think I've ever seen. But I was like, this is hilarious. I'm going to make everybody put them on their fridge so that they have to like <laughs> look at them every day. But these are quite cute. They're like made from, you can't really see because of the lighting. Oh, is that clay? Yeah, they're cute. little clay decorations. So I'm like, that's really fun. Everybody will love that. 
And oh, I'll go over to their houses and make sure that they have them hanging on their trees. <laughs> yeah, they'll know you're coming around. Exactly. Put the fridge magnet back on. Lottie, I feel so honoured to talk to you today because you have been named as New South Wales Young Australian of the Year. Have I got that title correct? Yes, you do. It is a very long title, but it is a very, very exciting one. This is so cool. So what have you done to get this far? Um, and congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. It honestly still doesn't really feel real. I feel like it's not really something that you're like put on your goals list, like let's get Australian of the Year. So it's really <laughs> surreal and really exciting, but pretty much I have transformed my life, I guess you could say, to be dedicated to helping to teach people how to live more sustainably and how to recycle better and how to get into composting and everything like that. So about four and a half years ago, I was that person who kind of wanted to do something better mm-hmm. for the planet. I yep. kind of knew that I could be doing more, but I wasn't really sure how to do better or to do more. So I started my like news resolution as we all do. We have like 10 different ones, <laughs> which are like, I think it was like lose half your body weight and then go start running marathons and learn yeah. Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing that stuck was just to do better for the planet. So it wasn't like a smart goal. It wasn't tangible. Like it was a big cross from all of those kinds of perspectives. But I just knew that I could be doing more. And yeah, when I first started kind of putting my research, trying to actually figure out what I would do then to mm. do more and to mm. be doing better for the planet. It was really difficult. There was all of this information out there for people who had been doing it for ages or who knew what carbon was and carbon footprints and all of these different confusing things to me. But I was just the everyday person and I was like, just tell me what I need to do and don't make it too hard and I'll do it. But there you, was, was this no- coming from a place of overwhelm because there was so much everywhere about how we were essentially doomed or did it come from a place of curiosity? It was more a kind of, I feel like back five years ago, there wasn't as much doom and gloom. Like Mm. they were starting to see those headlines that were popping up. But I feel like the way I describe it was like a mosquito buzzing. You know how it's really annoying and it's like this little thing and then like (laughs) all of a sudden it's like all there, but then it like goes away for a bit. Like I had that buzzing, like sometimes it would be there and then it would go away for a bit. And I was like, "Mm, I think there's something that we should be doing more of. But I wasn't really, like it wasn't an existential crisis or Mm. anything like that. But then obviously doing the research, you kind of go, oh, my gosh, yeah, we're we're in a lot more trouble than anybody's really talking about. So that was kind of where I thought and I kind of looked at it from a perspective of, yes, we can want governments to change. Yes, we can want industry to change. Yes, we can look to big businesses to make changes. But while we're waiting for that to happen, what else can we be doing? And as individuals, I think there's so much that we have the power to control. And I think power in numbers is a really big thing in power of community. Mm. So that was really my focus was that grassroots level. Like how do I as an individual start doing something? So you started Banish, which was a platform essentially focusing on education for people and breaking it down the everyday person on how we can live more sustainably. Exactly. So yeah, that's what Banish is. And then the second part of that was looking into greenwashing and how much kind of amazing brilliance that there is in these marketers being able to fool everybody into buying products that aren't actually sustainable. But on the other hand, there are so many brands 
that are doing amazing things, that are sustainable, that are hand knitting their own dishcloths, that are hand making skincare products, but they don't really have a way to reach mass audiences because they're too busy making everything by hand or they don't have the marketing budgets to reach mass audiences. So I thought, well, hang on with my education, I'm reaching thousands of people. Why can't I also be sharing all of these amazing brands with them as well? So that's kind of the two sides of Banish is, yeah, the education side and then Mm. also connecting people with these amazing brands that are, yeah, doing great things. For people that don't know what greenwashing is, how would you define it quickly? And what are the big red flags of companies greenwashing you? I feel like just the the simple definition of greenwashing is that people lying about what a product actually does. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest red flags are actually it's more subconscious than we think. Like we've been trained a lot to kind of look at things like green packaging, brown paper packaging, anything like that. The terms natural, eco, eco. <laughs> yeah, even the word sustainable, like it, there's no real definition. There's no official tick of approval to give any of these products. So I think if any brand is putting, I don't know, anything on, on a product, there is no real evidence like you could decide to make your own skincare product Mm. pour a whole lot of bleach in Mm -hmm. put some uh, I don't know put it in a green bottle and here we go there's your natural eco nature yeah literally (laughs) and I'm I'm such a sucker for that um for that marketing I think a lot of us are and it's such a good reminder to go okay well what can I do now to actually investigate whether it is as sustainable as it claims so what would you say there if people want to take it that next level and go, okay, I need to do some research, but I don't have a heap of time, what would you suggest? Yeah. There's a really great app, which is called Think Dirty. And all you need to do is scan the barcode and it pretty much like does the research for you and will give it a score. But like everything, it doesn't have every single beauty product or skincare product or cleaning product on there. But other things that I'd be looking for is kind of really clear information on their website on if they've got a sustainability page, if they've got an ethos, simple things like looking at the back of a product, how many ingredients are in that Mm. list and how many of them can you pronounce is a pretty Mm. easy one from a chemical perspective. But also I'd be steering clear of palm oil is another big one, which is one of the leading Well, it is the leading cause of deforestation around the world. So anything that has palm oil, palmate, there's like, there's literally 300 different words for palm oil that can be listed on the back of an ingredients (laughs) list, but have a look for that as well. But also I think another thing is everybody gets fooled by greenwashing. I'm a sustainability expert and I definitely still get fooled. And I'm like, wow, you did a really good job there, marketers. And I (laughs) come home and I'm like, this is really annoying. But instead of kind of throwing in the towel, it's just like, okay, dust it off. Let's try again. And hopefully next time I'm going to buy a more sustainable option. So you've got a podcast, it's called How to Save Our Planet. And I know that you go through quite a lot of these topics, which just is digestible information um, and simple things we can do. And I saw you you tackle a topic which I thought was really interesting talking about how we can be sustainable on a budget because at the end of the day it can be quite expensive to make some of those sacrifices definitely and I think it's also a really big barrier to entry for people because yeah. it's like how much do you care and at mm. the end of the day you can really want to save the planet but you've also got to be able to live yes. on this planet as well as well as save it but I think it's a really big misconception that it is often more expensive to live sustainably and that it's like a rich person's issue that we're all fighting mm. and I think from that perspective 
there is definitely like buying reusable options or sustainable options definitely often comes with a bigger investment and a higher upfront cost. But I would argue that in the long run, the reuse that you get out of these options is going to far outweigh the cost of buying that single use item. But it's one of those things that I think, again, I come back to just doing what you can. I'm definitely not a zero waste person. I definitely consume plastic still. But I think with living sustainably as well, the best thing that you can actually do for the planet is to not buy anything. (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing I was going to say is, well, actually, you save money if you consume less. And ultimately, that's the best thing you can do. Exactly. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, Black Friday is coming up. Like, what's the most sustainable thing that I can do? And I was like, (laughs) don't participate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, on that note, obviously very relevant at the moment um, with Christmas coming up and Black Friday sales all of a sudden just becoming really popular. How do you navigate this time of year? Yes, I think I'd be realistic that this time of year, I'm going to definitely be consuming a lot more than any other period of the year. And that's okay. But I think for me, I set really strict guidelines with my family. My family <laughs> love presents, love <laughs> gifts, love mum. Like every time I go home, I live um, a couple of hours away from home. Mum like always has some kind of present. She just loves You're like, that. You're like, no. Exactly. So I, even this morning I actually spoke to her on the phone and I was like, I know exactly what I want this year. Yeah. So I'm just being that person that's yeah. like, you know what? This is actually what I want. This is what I need. Yes, there won't be any surprises on Christmas Day, yeah. but it's going to be a lot easier. Um, I'm that person that always brings something meat-free to Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah. Again, a really easy one to do and just help with the planet. I'm another one who when we do like a big Christmas festivity, we actually get people to BYO their own plates, which sounds really, really weird. Yeah. But it saves washing up for you. Yes. And it also means you don't need to buy any of those kind of single-use plates and things like that. So that's another really fun one. And it also looks great on the table because everyone's got like these mismatched plates and it's all (laughs) a bit of fun and higgledy-piggledy. In terms of like the Black Friday sales, I mean, it's a conundrum, isn't it? Because everyone is trying to save money at the moment. You know, economically the world's in some pretty interesting times. So I think, you know, to shame people for wanting to, you know, spend up on those sales is silly. How... Can people do it with still feeling like they're consciously not screwing the planet? (laughs) Yeah. So I think like Banish had a Black Friday sale as well. Like we're not completely anti them, but I think my biggest thing would be conscious consumption. And this is another actual topic that we covered on the podcast is talking about the environmental footprint of your returns. And we don't really think about e-commerce returns and how the damage or the impact that they're having on the planet. But if, say, for example, you're buying a T-shirt that's $15 and you bought it in two different sizes because you weren't really sure which one you were going to be, and then you end up returning one, the cost of that business paying for a I don't know, a postie to pick that up. The carbon cost is huge to get that back to the warehouse. It probably hopped on a plane. And then when it gets to the warehouse, if it was $15, Mm. they're then going to have to re-steam it, refold it, reseal it to then pop it back on their shelves. Chances are they're probably not going to do that. So then that's just going to go straight to landfill. So I would be really conscious of buying only what you need 
and not buying too much. Also, don't get sucked into the whole kind of, well, it's on sale. I've got to get it because it's only $3 when it used to cost $30. I don't even need it, but you know, I might because yeah, it's only $3. Yeah, yeah. There will be another sale. Yes. Marketers love sales. Yes, it's Black Friday, but yes, there's going to be one in a couple of weeks time. You'll have an end of season sale. There'll be a Boxing Day sale. There's going to be, I don't know, an end of financial year sale. So I think that's what I would probably be thinking most of in these sales is I don't diss them completely. For Mm. a lot of people, it's a great way to be able to afford something that they couldn't normally afford or to buy a more sustainable piece of clothing that does cost a little bit more, but it's more affordable when it's 20% off. So I think I wouldn't beat people up about that, but I would just say when you are purchasing, don't get sucked into the buying for the sake of it being on a set on sale like would you buy it normally would you use it yeah, are you going to use it so over and true. over again <laughs> another point i heard you um cover in your podcast was actually talking about express shipping and how quick um you know and how easy we get sucked into oh i need it now i need it now but that is also adding more footprint Exactly. So yeah, express <laughs> shipping pretty much a guarantees it's going to hop on a plane of some description. I never thought of that. Yeah, it has to. Like if you want it mm. next day, it's going to be zipped off onto a plane, probably in the like in a truck that's smaller than a big truck that's carrying everybody's orders. So then again, you've got two different trucks going somewhere. So I think as well, it's that planning. It's yeah. that getting organized. And not having and, to need it now. Think, okay, yes. I've got a birthday coming up in a few weeks. All right, well, let's, because I'm so bad at last minute presents and stuff like that. So it's actually like looking at your calendar ahead and going, okay, I don't need to do that extra fast. Yes. And you know what we actually used to have when we were kids growing up and like going to birthday parties every weekend was a present box. Yeah. And I'm really keen on bringing the present box back because I'm like, if I got like, I don't know, five different items that I know that will generally suit some of my friendships. Yes, it's not going to be like an engraved PJ, (laughs) I don't know, wallet. But at least it will be something that they will enjoy and that I probably, I might have been able to purchase it on sale and then it's actually going to be better for everybody in the long run. I love that idea. Now, you've been working on something called Brad because um, it's the right pet. Now, what was it? <laughs> the Brad Yeah, so Brad, Brad is pet. Vanishes Recycling <laughs> and Disposal Program, which stands for Brad because what we're encouraging people to do is to send your hard-to-recycle items like blister packs and beauty products and plastic toothbrushes, keeping them out of the wrong pit and sending them to the right pit, which is our Brad pit. Excuse my ignorance, but what's a blister pack? Like a pill packet when you have like ibuprofen or something like that. Oh, I thought you were talking about like um, Band-Aid packets. I was so confused. (laughs) I'd never heard it called that before. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. What would you call it? Uh, A pill packet? Pill packet. I don't know. Pill packet, blister packet, (laughs) same thing. Right. So they don't recycle. No, so they're way too lightweight yeah. and way too flimsy to go into curbside recycling bins. And they're also often made of two different types of materials. So there's like an aluminium foil and then there'll be the plastic. So it's really difficult to separate those materials from each other, which is how you need to separate you need to separate them in order to be able to recycle them. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details what are the the real villains of products that we purchase that we may not realize are really bad for the planet for some people it's like i can't actually cut out all my plastic but where can we start like what are the big baddies that we need to really eliminate i think very timely glitter is horrible (laughs) yep it may scream Christmas to you, but it also sends the turtles screaming and the fishes screaming as well. It is pretty much just like tiny flakes of pretty plastic that are virtually impossible for us to dispose of properly. Wow. But speaking of glitter, it's also microbeads. So these are kind of tiny baby pieces of plastic. They're generally smaller than five millimeters in size that appear in a lot of different like exfoliators or toothpastes and things like that. So you're literally washing this exfoliator off your body. You've used these microbeads, which is what they're often called to exfoliate all of those great dry skin cells. And then you just literally wash it down the drain straight into our oceans. It's really hard for us to actually be able to pull those microplastics out. So then they enter the oceans, they enter our waterways, we either start drinking it or then we start um, eating it. So it's a really big one as well. So I think microplastics, glitter, like those tiny ones are really, really difficult for us and we don't really see them well like we see them but we don't really think of them as what they are litter not glitter it's just litter (laughs) oh yeah that's so true with the microplastics um what's the easiest way to identify if a product has that like you say it's exfoliators and stuff but is there an actual ingredient that we can look out for not really Mm. i'm sorry i want to make it easy for you but i can't We're seeing like a lot of exfoliators starting to have um, like a natural, like a coffee scrub or like a salt or something like that in it, but there still is plastic. It's slowly being phased out. 
eventually it will be made illegal. It's illegal as well at the moment in the UK, I think it is. Um, but they are slowly getting rid of them. But, yeah, it's virtually impossible. Like you can sometimes see them. Like I go into the Ugh. supermarkets and I literally look at like the little balls and I'm like, oh, hi, plastic. You're inside another plastic bottle. Yuck. And I'm rubbing you on my body. Oh. Yeah, sexy. Um, so if someone did want to achieve a, a zero waste home, what does that look like? First of all, I would say it's not realistic. So okay. I would probably say let's aim for a less waste home would be my first um, piece of advice because I think even aiming for a zero waste home right now, you're setting yourself up for failure and you probably won't do anything because you'll try and it'll be way too difficult. But I think the best thing, well, the most easy thing to do is to first of all, look at what you're bringing into that home. If you've already got products at home that contain, I don't know, palm oil that are wrapped in plastic, there's no point going into your bathroom shelf right now and just throwing everything out. Use everything you've got right now. But when you're purchasing something, make it a more sustainable purchase or don't make a purchase at all. I don't know when I wasn't living sustainably, I'd be that person that would see my shampoo on sale and would buy three of them at the time. Yeah. So it still is taking me so long to get through my beauty reserves because there's still so much that I've got to get through. So I think we have these homes that are filled with stuff. There is so much stuff everywhere. Even though we like Marie Kondo all of the time and we spring clean, <laughs> there is still so much stuff. Yeah. So I think I would be looking at your consumption. I'd be trying to do things like I do once a month. I do a grocery free week where I just shop my pantry. I shop my freezer. I just try and use everything oh, up. Oh, that's make- a fun challenge, isn't it? it? It is really fun. Some of the meals are like delicious. Some of them are Horrific. So gross. <laughs> but I'm getting better because I'm figuring out now like what to use with like cans of baby corn. I don't know. I just have so many random things from recipes that I like call for like 500 grams of polenta. So I buy a kilo and then I'm stuck with 500 grams of polenta going like, what is, what am I meant to do with this? <laughs> so I would be, yeah, doing challenges like that are really great. I would think as well, single use plastics is another one that I think is probably a really easy way to start at reducing and kind of building those habits and those behaviors. Because I think with a lot of these things at the start, it feels hard. It feels difficult. You probably will forget things. You'll probably mess up. But I think once we start getting into that habit, like now I do things just because I do things and I'm like, oh, hang on, that's actually really sustainable. But you don't get that buzz anymore because it just becomes ingrained in your behavior. So things like I had friends over for dinner last night, I don't have paper towels anymore. We just use tea towels because it's easy and I just have to do a little bit more washing up. I found so, a reusable tea, um, paper towel. Amazing. I found them the other day and it, they're really good. Yeah, exactly. So it's things like once you make that sustainable swap, it becomes mm. part of your habit Yeah, and you probably won't pat yourself on the back every time you use it because you'll just be using it now. Yes. So I think we need to also reflect on that, reflect on how far we've come because once you kind of get on the bandwagon, you're doing all of these things and you'll then look at your bin and you go, well, there's still rubbish in there. Yeah. What's going on? But I think if we just think about, yeah, how far we've come, try our best, look at your purchasing look at what you've got around you and use up as much. And I think another really fun one for sustainability is the borrowing or the share economy. Mm. It's going back to that. Like, I don't know about you, but when we were growing up as girlfriends, I would be using everybody else's wardrobe constantly. And I'm going, well, now we've got more money, nicer clothes, better events to go to. And I seem to be using uh, like uh, my friend's wardrobes less. Like this doesn't seem to work. So now 
My friends and I are all sharing wardrobes again. I love using street libraries to get new books and I love op shopping and things like this. I think there's so much out there in the community. And like, if you need a power drill, borrow it from a friend. You don't need to go and yeah. buy one that you're probably going to use once every six years. That's so true. And and I think you, you hit the nail on the head with the word fun. Like if you make it fun, then you're not going to be constantly so hard on yourself. And it's kind of actually a bit more of a, a joyful thing to do. Exactly. I think the biggest thing with sustainability, and it's why I don't like being prescriptive, is you should do the things that actually light you up and that make you excited. If you're somebody, I don't know, who has a phobia of worms, then don't start worm farming and doing composting because your best friend is and you feel like you have to. (laughs) Maybe you could eat less meat or you could start driving your car less. Like there's so many other ways that you can tackle it. So do the things that actually will make you excited and make you want to do it. Don't just feel like the pressure's on you to do that one thing because everybody else is doing it and they're going to judge you for not. Mm, I think I'm growing vegetables. I mean, that's something that brings me joy. I'm not always great at it. But it seems to be um, a lot more common now because, of course, the price of everything, the price of food right now is ridiculous. Um, That's obviously a great thing we can all do. But some people are probably a little scared to start. Do you have any advice on that? On growing veggies? I would definitely, I'd start with herbs. I think that's easiest, (laughs) just not coriander. I just can't figure out coriander. God, you're like my partner. He doesn't like it and I love it. I love I love eating coriander. I just swear when I plant it, it's like already wilting. And I'm like, I love you so much. I want to eat (laughs) so much of you, but it won't work. So I think I would start with herbs just because they're really easy. You don't need to give them that much attention. And then it doesn't matter if you go away and you miss the seed, like you miss the crop or anything like that. You come back and your basil's still going and you can just keep on consuming. So I think that's a really big one for me, but that's also because I live in an apartment. So I don't have the luxury of having a massive garden to kind of grow everything and anything. Um, So that would be, yeah, what I would recommend. Do you have any fun challenges you're going to embark on in the new year? Like you've talked about. I haven't, yeah. I haven't said Not going grocery shopping, but I know a lot of people have done, you know, trying to not buy any new clothes for a year, which I never did. I've done that for two years. Have you? Yeah. So does that include, can you go op shopping? I didn't let myself go op shopping in the first year. In the second year, I did let myself do a little bit of op shopping and I did let myself buy new undies. Nice. (laughs) I wasn't going to op shop those. (laughs) Um, But yes, that was my, yeah. So I've done that for two years. I don't eat meat anymore. Wow. So I I love a challenge. I love like a hairy, ambitious goal. What are they called? Big, hairy, audacious goals or something like that. (laughs) I love those kinds of things. So I haven't really got one in mind yet but yeah. watch this space it might come to me and when it comes to recycling what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have or things that we're doing wrong that we should fix <laughs> I think that the biggest misconception is that somebody will sort it out at the other end that when we put something in a bin and we're like oh I'm not sure if this is going to be able to be recycled but it might so I might just pop it into the recycling bin anyway and they'll figure it out There's machines at the other end who are sorting through tons and tons of this waste. So we, there's not somebody who kind of is like, oh, look, PJ didn't actually wash out her um, her takeaway (laughs) container, but that's fine. I'm just going to take it over to the sink now and give it a quick Mm. rinse and then pop it back on the belt. So I think that's the biggest thing is my actual motto is if in doubt, throw it out. 
if you're not sure if it can be recycled or not, you're actually doing better things for the planet by putting it into the red bin or your general waste. Really? Because you don't want to be contaminating that recycling bin with yeah, your you your wish cycling. So wish cycling is when you're when you think that something could be recycled, but you're not sure. You hope it can be. So you're like, I'll just throw it in the recycling bin anyways. So I think that's a really big one I'd love to see people not do. Um, in terms of biggest contaminants in recycling bins, soft plastics are a big one. So those soft and squishy plastics, people will literally put all of their recycling, they'll do all of the hard work of sorting everything out and then they will pop it into a plastic bag into the recycling Uh... bin. So that plastic bag is going to get actually tangled around the recycling machines, which means then they're going to have to stop the whole chain. They're going to have to send some people down to kind of take it apart, pull out that um, plastic bag to then start it up again. So it's just an absolute pain. Another one, two like items that I always see um, when I get all of the reports from people is clothing and e-waste in your rec- your curbside recycling bins. And I think this is because, this is just my unscientific opinion, mm. is because you can technically recycle both of these items, but you can't recycle them in your curbside bin. So people kind of look at something and they're like, oh, yes, cords, an old TV, something like that. Yes, I can recycle that. But I'm going, no, no, not in that bin, though. You need yeah. to take it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> right. So you see those items actually show up in the actual recycling yeah. bin. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Good. And the thing is, e-waste is kind of made from literally gold. Like there is all of these great components in old computers, in old cords, in everything that can actually be recovered and be remade into different things. So it's a really valuable resource. So you're pretty much like throwing money wasted. in the bin. Yeah. It's wow. terrible. Uh, and what about the age-old question of tops, bottle tops? Where do they go? So I'd say everybody needs to look to their local council first because every council seems to have some kind of list of rules on what they do and don't accept. But generally speaking, what we want to see is that we want to keep like-minded materials together. So if you've got a plastic bottle of milk and that has a plastic lid on it. That's okay. And keep them together. Mm-hmm. Squish the plastic bottle down so that it kind of takes up less space is another thing that I would recommend. But then, for example, if you have got, I don't know, a beer bottle, a glass beer bottle that then has a like a metal lid, yes. those are two different materials, so we don't want to keep them together. So where do they you need put the lid? They go in the bin. The lid goes into the bin, and that's in that case because the, they're so small. Yeah, they're tiny. Okay. And we don't want things that are kind of smaller than a credit card going into your curbside recycling bin. Because if you think about these recycling machines of having like a conveyor belt, but it also has like holes within that conveyor belt. So things like plastic cutlery, like your bottle top lids, are all just going to fall through and they won't actually be able to be processed. Oh my so gosh. that's why we, we need to be looking at the size as well. So size does matter. <laughs> oh, my God, I feel really bad because I have – I've definitely been guilty but until quite no recently. You know now, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, so honoured to talk to you and congratulations on being named New South Wales Australian Young. Damn it, I knew I'd stuff it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's Damn a it. mouthful. It's a mouthful. <laughs> the New South Wales Young Australian of the Year. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's so exciting to yeah be able to talk and share my story and hopefully inspire some people to make some sustainable swaps. Well, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Lottie DL. Um, and if you want to know more about her and go and check out her incredible work, um, I have linked her Banish website in the show description so you can go check it out showcasing a whole lot of really sustainable products and just awesome ideas as well. So yeah, she's doing awesome stuff. If you enjoyed that episode, please leave a review. Um, And if you haven't subscribed for the podcast, do that too. I've got some really cool guests coming up over the next few weeks, which I can't wait for you to hear. So have a great rest of your week and I'll see you next week. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 